0: Hello, everybody. Hambo here. Talking about a loss. Oh, this is a tough one for me to do. I've been putting off a podcast for a little while here. Because of the news that I found out about the passing of the late great Richard Donner. Um, this podcast is going to be about what he means to me and his work means to me. Uh, I don't know if this podcast is going to do it justice because there's so much to say and it's, you know, it's affected me on a a deeper level than I thought it would. And, uh, you know, uh, I didn't know the man, but through his work and through the interviews and through everything I've seen of him, what he projected out there, I felt like I did. I felt like I did, and it's uh, that's definitely a powerful thing, if you can say that through, through the work. When I was growing up, I used to watch uh, some movies, and Superman was one of the – Early movies I've watched, you know, there's Conan the Barbarian, Return of the Jedi. Those are some of the earliest movies i watched. Ghostbusters in the theater. Superman is something special. And my brother was a huge Superman fan. And so I became a Superman fan by default, you know, reading his comics. And that's one of the main reasons why I got into the, into the comic field, and indie comic field, and drawing as you know through my brother drawing and his comic books and his love for the character and you know watching this movie especially when you're a kid it's it's a big deal it's bigger than life and it creates a realness to that character to a comic book character and the the seriousness and the tone of the film uh It really blows you away when you're a kid. It still blows me away now, but the actors, the talent they had, he had in that movie, and the way it was directed and the John Williams score—it's just magical. Nothing but magical. And Christopher Reeve's performance and everything, seriousness and and the and the the comedy aloofness of it. But it was just—it was—it was so adult to me, and it made it. More real world, and those effects of him flying just you know, even if that's on a crane on strings and all that, it was done so well, so well, right there on set. Uh, it was incredible, and same with Superman, too. Uh, there's a whole scene where. Superman flies off, and then he comes through the other side and comes into the room dressed as Clark Kent, like only a few seconds later. It's so awesome and so genius how he did that and well done. It's just that shows you how how much film directing is like being a magician. You show them what you want to show, show them, and you amaze them. And Richard Donner definitely had that quality in spades. His work i you you know i I need to research a little bit more about his his background but in fact why don't i just look it up i mean i know he did a lot of tv work uh let me see richard i'm trying to remember what shows he did here uh Yeah, just a whole Mm -hmm. slew of amazing movies. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to get away from saying um, so much. I'm looking at TV series here. He did Kojak in the 70s. (laughs) All right, he did The Streets of San Francisco with uh, Michael Douglas. I've only seen like one episode of that, I think. Going back, going back to 60s. Harry Mason. He did so many movies in the '60s. The Man from Uncle, I mean, TV shows, Gilligan's Island. Yep, yeah. The Twilight Zone. He even directed some of The Twilight Zone, or maybe he was he, he helped produce them. Let's see here. Six episodes of The Twilight Zone. I mean, it's a really impressive list of TV shows that he directed or had something to do with. I mean, I'm just looking at the slews of it. Right, let's see, the first one that they have credit for is the Zane Grey Theater. Uh, the TV series, 1960, So Young, The Savage Land. And the DuPont show, <laughs> the Loretta Young show, I mean, just a plethora of TV work the man did. Wanted Dead or Alive. Some of these I never heard of, but just Route 66. Just so many. I'm sure oh, Combat, That's I've heard of that one. But I mean, man. Uh, Perry Mason. Gilgan's Island. The man from Uncle. These are big ones. So he, no wonder, by time he got to do films, like straight up movies, he was so, he was so good. Like that's incredible. Let's see here. I'm looking for this '70s. Just so many years just doing TV shows, and then uh, the Omen. This is where he came out Hit heavy-hitting uh, 1976, Superman. That was the year after I was born that came out, 1978. Superman 2, 1980, uncredited. Yeah, because another dire- director kind of took over some of the things there. <laughs> but I, I have the Donner cut. And the toy. Wow, I forgot he directed the toy. That was another... Big one when uh, I remember watching with Richard Pryor, Lady Hawk, of course, and who can forget the Goonies, 1985, and Lady Hawk in the same year, amazing. And he did the video, by Cindy Lauper, even. I mean, man, it, it's these are big pop culture event movies for me. Growing up, Lethal Weapon, of course, 87. I'm gonna go. I could do a whole other podcast about me and my relationship with the lethal weapon movies it's you know superman and the lethal weapons superman was a big one that helped establish the myth of superman and comic book characters in my head and lethal weapon uh i got into during my teenage years uh, by watching, the, I didn't even watch the first one. I watched, oh, although I, I do remember some of the first one. Yeah, I did probably watch the first one before Lethal Weapon 2. I did, before Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2, I watched in VHS, and I, I just wore that tape out. I wish I still had it, but it's the black tape. And I must, I know I've watched it. <laughs> I can tell you I've watched it at least 50 times. Literally, um, so memorable. So many great quotes. Scrooged, of course. You know, the first few times watching Scrooge, Scrooge. I mean, Bill Moore I was already a big Ghostbusters fan and big Bill Murray fan from, um, you know, his his uh, <clears throat> you know Caddyshack and everything, and then Scrooged. That really, yeah, I mean, these were big personality kind of driven movies. Lethal Weapon 2, so Scrooge 88, Lethal Weapon 2 in the 89. Um, Then he did some, uh, of course, Radio Flyer. (laughs) That was his next one with, I think, Elijah Wood was in that as a kid. I'll have to look that up. Let me see here. Two-Fisted Tales, a TV movie. I'm not sure. Who's in that? What that was about? Let's see here. Yeah, it looks like Elijah Wood. Um, no, I'm wrong. I'm totally wrong. It's not Elijah Wood. This is before Elijah Wood. No, it looks like Elijah Wood. Let me see here. Stars. Lorraine Bracco. John Hurd. Adam, uh, Adam Baldwin. Let's see here. Elijah Wood. I was right. Darn it. I was right. I love it when I'm all right. Elijah Woodison, Radio Flyer. I remember uh high school talking about this movie. This you know, Radio Flyer, I think it, it's something to do with the wagon, a red wagon, and how amazing that was. <laughs> that was the premise. Like a childhood movie about a red wagon. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but <laughs> uh yeah. So that, that came out and lethal weapon three of course I couldn't wait because it had been sold to me it had been a long time since lethal weapon 2 89 90 91 92 I mean when you're a teenager those are those high school years go by slow uh, especially if if they're terrible high school years um, of course after that tales from the crypt. Uh, Showdown 1992, I think think that's the one with Dennis Miller. It's one of my favorite ones. And uh, Sting, Eric Clapton, it's probably me, video short, of course. Awesome, love that song. Maverick, I love Maverick, I thought that was a lot of fun. It also taught me kind of how to, a little bit about poker and about tells and keeping a poker face. So that was pretty influential especially as far as my poker playing went. Um, let's see. The best of staying fields of gold. That's interesting. I didn't know he did the video. He, oh, it says it's probably me. So he did the Lethal Weapon uh, 2. Lethal Weapon 2... uh. Uh, video. Assassins. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was 1995. Stallone and... Uh, I have to rewatch that one with Stallone and uh, Antonio Banderas. Conspiracy Theory. I got that in VHS. <laughs> fun one. Uh, with Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson. And Lethal Weapon 4. I was really psyched when that came out because it had been a long time since Lethal Weapon... Three, I mean ninety-two. I almost don't agree with that year that it came out. I thought it came out in ninety-three or even ninety-four, but they're saying nineteen ninety-two. That's so strange. Came out in ninety-two. Wow. My ears get jarred up around there with some 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 things timeline. <laughs> Timeline sounds familiar. Let me take a look at that one. Oh, yeah. Timeline. I remember this. With uh, our boy from uh, Fast and Furious. Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That one wasn't... Yeah, and there's... What's his name, too? Boy, he's looking a lot younger. Uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah. They go back in time, and they, they load the trebuchets, and they get... Something to do with France. They must survive. It. see, a group of archaeologists become trapped in the past when they go there to retrieve a friend. The group must survive in 14th century France before they can escape back to the 21st century. Yeah, not a bad film, but I don't remember it being like ah super great. Like it, would, but it's not bad. It's it's an entertaining movie. Sixteen Blocks, I liked a lot. Of course, there was the appearing of Richard Donner and Bruce Willis, finally. And I remember this being a solid movie, and I definitely should have this in my library. And uh, an, alco- an aging alcoholic cop, which Bruce Willis is great at playing cops, especially alcoholic ones, is <laughs> assigned the task of escorting a witness from police custody to a courthouse 16 blocks away. There are, however, chaotic forces at work that prevent them from making it in one piece. And uh Yeah. Yeah. And then um I'm looking at the rest. Let's see here. Uh anything after two thousand six. I was just I'm not seeing anything. So it, it it's been a while since he had made a movie after that. And uh, granted, you know, he, I believe he was 91 when he, when he just passed here. Um, yeah. says so says at age 91. That's a good, that's, that's a lot of good years. Um, he had a great life. And it says he was born April 24th, 1930 in the Bronx, New York city, which I visited. I went to a Yankees game over there. Uh-huh. Uh, New York, he as Richard Donner Schwartzberg. Uh, He was a director and producer known for Superman, Lady Hawk, and Lethal Weapon 87. He was married to, of course, Lauren Shuler Donner, and he died July 5th. And it it is tough. It's tough for me to talk about this because the effect his work had on on me and his personality – later that I came to find out while watching the Lethal Weapon movies um, I just naturally gravitated to those films uh, I remember watching the first one on TV in my room and even though it was made for TV it was still a pretty amazing fun movie and Mel Gibson has such a, a good performance in it he is that character and the music with clapped and the saxophone by David Sanborn and that that marriage of those themes and it's just it, it's so so rewatchable I mean now I've seen all of them so many times but you know every once in a while I've come, I've found myself come back to rewatch the lethal weapon series and I know it's it's kind of been they've showed them to death by now but there's a reason for that there it, there's a reason to m- make movies rewatchable and fun quotable. And uh, I know, I know the whole cast and crew like if you watch some behind the scenes stuff, like when it came out, the Th- Lethal Weapon 2, they put out a behind the scenes footage documentary on it. It was awesome. I mean I think I have it on my one of my on my pure lethal VHS tape, but it, you know they're just they're, they're messing around so much. Like they would do little skits. Yeah. <laughs> they do little skits about you know and you could tell there's a lot of in humor in joke humor but it's still kind of translated somehow and that really showed me like you can have a lot of fun making movies and you know people don't have to hate you you know to 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 get the shots that you need and i was thinking earlier i go a lot of it probably has to do with so much tv work he did he did so much damn TV that he got he became so competent in directing things that he could lay back into the process a lot. Not to say you know, I'm sure he didn't have I'm sure he had some stressful moments making movies, but I think he, had, by the time he'd been doing them, it's like, well, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know. But man, it's it's really sad. I mean. I rewatched, like I I stayed home a lot watching movies because, you know, my stepfather and my mom had to work all the time and my brother would, you know, be playing football or what have you have to work. So I'd be dropped off and I'd be lost in my sea of my imagination with a lot of time and to develop, um, you know, my drawing and. Uh, I would watch movies and, and do my Schwarzenegger impersonations and, and Jean-Claude Van Damme impersonations and uh, Mel Gibson impersonations. And I'd watch so many times, you know, they throw up and do, hey, that's some piece of hard work you got there. Where's it from, South Africa? and And uh, just there's just something about those movies and uh, the way they're written. And Shane Black definitely has – a hand in that for sure you know he, he had some great material to work from and some great actors to work from and the whole cast too like the whole um uh, murtaugh family is so it's played so realistic that you really go with it you really feel like this family uh roger's family is for real it's a family that you can you can uh run into and you know, I just um, um, I have a lot of good memories watching those movies, even if it's by myself, because it was an escape, uh, a definite escape from the problems that were going on, and just imagine myself making movies like that, and having a cast that would that loves to be in in the movie that. I'm making and, and it, my love for ac- the action buddy comedy uh, blossomed, you know, and even, you know, and Die Hard 2. Die Hard was a big one um, and Die Hard 2 and all those. But the, the Lethal Weapon movies had such a, a great chemistry and buddy, uh, buddy funness to him that the Die Hard movies didn't quite have. Uh, and at least not until Die Hard, th- uh, Die Hard three, and you know, and, and I'm not even going into Goonies. I guess I should go into Goonies. Um, that's another one, like childhood to teenage years, like right in that soft spot of movies being influential, and Goonies definitely one of those, and making adventure seem really fun. Uh, which I was already sold on, but the movie just sold me on that concept more. <laughs> and all the silly scenes with Data and uh, uh, and his pinches of power. And uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> we're not even getting into Sloth and all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was kind of like, he, his style was, was kind of like a joke. Joe Dante Steven Spielberg when he wanted to to be you know but he can kind of go over and do his own thing but he knew what he had to do to make things seem big and uh, have an edge and threat like the the family that that mob family I mean you did feel threatened by them and that's important even in a, a kind of a silly kids uh treasure hunting movie they, there, there is a an underlying threat level and it was a perfect marriage of yeah the score was great too and the, of course the cast and everything and, and growing up with those those characters and watching that movie again and again you i felt part of the goonies you know you i was you know definitely in the spirit of i took movies so much more seriously than everybody else <laughs> in my family um and any of my friends i mean i was bitten by the film bug for sure and same with comics but definitely the movies started to have a stronger pull on me later uh because of the visualness and um just the the the, the different things that go into them the you know the actors the lines the music and it just sucks you into that world and that's what i'm saying it's like there's a magic in the goonies of, you know that when they go find that pi- that pirate ship and the one-eyed Willie thing, and you know how he's holding the treasure in his hand or something, and the doubloons and all that. And I mean, he really touches on things that you want to do as a kid. You want to go on adventures. You want to find a map. You want to go on this quest with your with your buddies that you get along with great. And have something memorable and whew, i mean the man knew how to direct a, an ensemble cast uh he knew how to make an entertaining movie and i'm sure his spirit on set definitely reflected and, sh- and shined through uh, you could say a lot about directors these days that definitely don't have his personality you probably t- take things to the the most serious level and sometimes it pays off like like james cameron uh you know he takes it to such a serious we're not messing around level from what i've heard but he has a quality you know makes makes quality movie except for the last terminator <laughs> but he didn't direct the last terminator which i didn't see but still i mean but that's a rare thing i think it's more impressive if you can get along with the crew and the cast and finish something and direct something and everyone can say well when we got the work done and we're we're proud of it it's but probably more important is that hey we we had a good time making this and we would do it again with this guy um I mean that's uh, just it's amazing it's amazing what. Doing what you love to do and being extremely competent in it will allow people to probably find their best things, you know, in a project, whether that's – whether they can bring that out through their art or through, you know, through their acting or what have you. I would have loved to meet them. I would have loved to meet them. And it's – you know, this is a big, big loss. And, and and entertainment and uh you know they don't they don't make directors like him anymore for sure i mean he's old school i mean making tv shows from 60s to 70s whew, he knew how to work with from what i got from what i can tell with just about anybody you know and, and on the set and then making the movies and then i mean the man knew the process and he could relax into that and uh well I, again i don't want to beat beat the theme over again and again but you know i talked about tony scott a while back uh when he passed and that was tragic and very sad and uh you know he i think he knew a lot about tony scott knew how to like really make a a scene seem bigger than life and make it kind of a artistic look and and really focus on uh, the close-ups of his actors just so good and so perfectly but I think Richard Donner he didn't know so much rely on the close-ups he was more about media he was a medium shot kind of director like and then once in a while he'll give you a close-up when it when it when it meant something but he was he, he. knew how to set everything up how to uh, compose everything. So this action is going to be going on in this one one shot, and it's choreographed. He knew how to do the big stunt work and make that look good. That's one of the things that stand out in his, his Lethal Weapon movies, like um, <laughs> Lethal Weapon Two. In the beginning, I mean, that's great when his when they're in the station wagon. They start the movie out. In the middle of a like like Bond, in the middle of a another story, uh, or like Indiana Jones, like they're pursuing a suspect, and they're right in the middle of it. And he pulls back and he shows you like in a probably in a medium shot, like from a car ahead, like the the station wagon on its kitty, <laughs> you know, he's got it on two wheels and it's like crashing into the uh, the metal. You know the metal um, railing and everything, and then he goes back on on four feet on four uh, four wheels, and Roger's like, uh, you know, he's like, "This was my new car; don't mess it up." And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he knew how to merge the stunts and go back to personal comedy. You know, he was great at that. Um, Lethal Weapon three, uh, the big scene on the on the freeway uh with with the semi truck you know and rigs just kind of like uh hanging on to it uh and just kind of like yeah like he jumps from car to car and that and he knew how to set that up and that's impressive like you think about the how much that takes to first of all you get shut down the, the freeway and then you have to have all these stunt drivers and this would be, you know, something like that would be CG today, but it's done so practically and there's so much awesome respect that I have for the man, and um, this one hurts, even though, he, you know, he had a good long life, 91, it's like, ah, I wanted to see, I mean, I know they were talking about Lethal Weapon 5, and it's like, yeah, alright, you know, <laughs> they're too old for this shit, but really old for this shit, but it would have been fun, it would have been fun. I definitely would have showed up. I was already kind of starting to report you know to support it, put the word out like let's let's do this' let's, you know let's one more, one more, and uh it's unfortunate he did not get to do one more. He had such a fun little joking personality. I think he liked to joke around with with people, but still get things done um. It's incredible. I mean, everything that was projected from the footage and his conversations behind the scenes and it just really implied that. And uh it, it it's amazing. It's amazing. And and that really to me as you know, someone who's a you know, from time to time a, a, an indie filmmaker, it really I always remind, remind myself of how much fun you can have on set if you have, if you're in control, you know what you're doing, you know, and, or unless, and you don't let the stress manage you and you make it a fun experience and, uh, gosh, Lady Hawk. I'm going to have to go revisit Lady, Lady Hawk for sure. I mean, these are movies, the lethal weapon movie saved me. During my high school years, because I was so depressed. I was in, a, in school. I couldn't make any new friends. I went from a private school to a, pr- a public school. And it, w- it really was my escape. And watching those again and again, it felt like those were kind of like, those are my friends, you know. And he's responsible for for that great escape. So, yeah, I'm going to be moved and I'm going to be depressed about his passing. Uh I mean, Scrooge, Scrooge in '88. That was a good one to watch with the family. You know, with my mom, with my brother. And you know, that was, that was a big. You know, uh, listening to her uh, laugh and crack up. You know, for the first couple times we watched that, and uh, that's special to me. Those are special memories. You know, Superman one and two are special memories. The Omen. Well, hey that's a horror movie so it's not exactly a you know i don't have like warm memories of the moment but it, it, still it's it was one of those he knew how to play, play that genre and build up the suspense and creepiness that i'll always remember from that movie and the music too uh yeah it's just so so much part of our pop culture uh, quilt And I I think that people are just kind of like moving on. Oh, he did the Wild Wild West too, the TV show. That's great. Um, They're just moving on too soon about this. And people don't really get, and we did the Fugitive TV a little bit, two episodes. See, these are, get smart. I mean, man, who has this kind of career? That's amazing. Um, But people just don't know. They don't care. You know, they just move on. They move on so fast. And it's like, this was an influential person in his field that made the world slightly better through his work and bearable. And uh, I'm going to miss the man. I miss the man a lot. Uh, That's incredible. So I'm, I'm going to be talking about Richard Donner a lot more probably in the non-coming episodes. And I might do a commentary, um, maybe Lethal Weapon 1 or 2. I, I mean, this definitely calls for Definitely Superman for sure. Um, but I think the lead, if I do the commentary for the Lethal Weapons, I think you guys will be entertained because those are so close to me. And I'll have a lot more to say where Superman... Is a lot more of a drama and a little bit less comedy. So I'll probably have to rely a little bit more on Wikipedia, but I'll have some good things to say on Superman for sure. So um, I'm going to cut this kind of short because I'm going to be discussing him in further episodes here and there. But I wanted to get this out, get this out of me. Cause this is really sad. It, it's a, it's it's taken me some days to process, you know, a good week to process it. That's why I didn't come out with this episode right away. I need to I needed to kind of mourn and reflect just slightly. I'm still mourning and, and reflecting on it, and I'm sure the cast, you know, Mel and uh, Danny. I mean, there's a connection there. I mean, you could tell off screen and on well, on screen that. They got along so great, and and uh, and Richard Donner was like, I'm sure either like a like a like kind of like a father to them or a, a very older brother, but they're like the Stooges, you know, and and they just kind of fed off each other, <laughs> and that translates. That's important, you know, actors casting right, um, the chemistry on screen, that's so huge. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, they try to adapt the the Dark Tower, and it's like, you know, most of that. If they did, if they got the casting right on those movies, if you know, on that adaptation, that's like ninety percent of your work done. And the special effects, gigantic, huge budget, sure, but as long as you have those actors that are the parts and can bring something and a chemistry to each other i mean that's most of your work people can forgive a little shoddy cg here and there just make the make the dialogue good make it ring true make these characters make these actors bring these characters to life and um i think i think mel and uh and danny i think they were able to Trust in Richard Donner so much that they can kind of they could really relax into it. Especially when Lethal Weapon Two came out, it's like you could tell, you know, between the first one and the second one. I mean, there's just a silliness that they 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 just couldn't wait to start working together again after the first one. Like the first one, you got to feel each other out. You're you know you're taking it things you know pretty seriously. The first one's a serious uh, with a little bit of humor. But it's a serious tone. The second one has some seriousness, but it's not the focus as much. You got Joe Pesci, you know, whatever you want. Leo gets okay, (laughs) you know. (laughs) I mean, so that was a big thing. And again, the Stooges. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and man, yeah, I'm just. I need I need to go back and rewatch Lethal's do the commentary and uh, cheer down the song cheer down at the end of it. It always I always loved that song and I tried my darndest to find that song, and thank God with YouTube, uh, I can go directly to it. Uh, George Harrison cheer down and I can always listen to that song and think of the good times, the good ex the great escapes during high school of watching that movie again and again and wearing it out and quoting it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop this, but thanks for listening and listening, listening to me rant. Thank you there, Captain Jimmy. Um, Captain Jimmy says, uh, what am I talking about? Well, uh, let me type in that. Uh, well, I'll just tell you the death of uh, Richard Donner, but I'm going to be uh, the great director, Richard Donner, and I'm going to be wrapping this up. Thanks for listening Again, I wanted to get it out of my system. And I'll be recording another episode soon. Yeah, thanks, Captain Jimmy. Yeah, uh, this needed to be talked about. And needed to be talked about because it just things, you know, like Sh- Sean Connery, that was a huge one for me. And people talked about that for a little while. But uh, still, you know, there's s- some people that like directors that people don't know in the mainstream people they don't they just don't know that much it's like uh unless you say oh he's a director of goonies director of superman oh okay but they didn't know that much unless you're a movie guy like hardcore you know movie geek about the guy the personality the um the uh, the pranks on set and uh Jimmy and uh, Captain Jimmy. I cried when Sean Connery died. Not gonna lie, even though I never got to meet him. I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm a hardwired movie nerd. Okay. Yeah, it's it. It's weird. It's weird. It's like we don't meet these people, but we feel connected. And definitely Connery was part of our social fabric, in kind of a, a fatherly way. And I and I and again, I've talked about that in earlier episodes, like. Um, my tribute to Calgary like it's a connection between men or boys and their fathers and you know my stepfather you know, you know you'd find a Bond movie on when we were growing up he wasn't so hardcore but we'd watch him together and then my, my real father we ended up watching some old Bonds and he told me about his memories of going to the theater and, and kind of pseudo emulating him and he thought it was so cool and, and He'd watched um, I think it was Gold, Golden Eye uh, a couple times, and it's it's that connection, it's that connection we have with with each other and and even though Connery hadn't done any movies in a while, it's still you always had that sense that he's there in the background somewhere, he just enjoying having too much damn fun in, in his retirement as what he he was quoted as saying. and uh, man it's it's weird it's weird growing up with with these people and, and the performances they, they churn out and and um let's see uh his movies big played a big part in my life yeah and uh it's like piece of my childhood titan yeah and I, I i agree captain Jimmy, that's how i feel right now again with richard donner because again superman goonies uh Those are huge, influential ones growing up. And yeah, they're silly movies, but (laughs) Um, yeah, this man was responsible for some of the the big ones that were influential and helped me or pushed me towards the entertainment industry. And and, uh, yeah, taking that a lot more seriously. Yep, I got the Superman movies both on DVD and digital. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I got one. I got Superman one, and then I got the Donner cut. And no, I think I have Superman two. I think I have the first two, the regular and the Donner cut. So um, three. There's some fun parts in three. Um, But he, I don't think Richard Donner. Yeah, he didn't direct three. But I think he came back. I think he came back for Superman 4, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. It. Yeah, so... Eric Kirk, 2003, entered the live studio. How you doing, Eric? Um, talking about the uh, passing of uh, Richard Donner. And, uh, um, well... Let's see here. Captain Jimmy. Huh. Well, um, I'm going to wrap it up, wrap up. Unless you guys, let's see, I have an option here. Uh, I can invite you on as a speaker. I can try it out. If you guys want to speak, let me know. Or forever hold your peace. We can talk. We'll chat for maybe 10 more minutes. And then uh, I'll wrap it up because i got to take some things. How you doing, Eric? Thanks for listening uh what brought you here eric what uh what made you stumble onto uh the ham palace and uh and listen because <laughs> i don't get to talk to you guys too often here i know you guys are probably just like browsing around so you on the poppy pop, Be- pop Bean live page all right it's good it means this is working on some level uh it's it's you know i try to make this interactive when i can and I've been doing a lot more solo episodes. Eric, if this is your first time listening, what I do, I list, I talk about movies and 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 comics. And, you know, as a kind of a backdrop. It's not, you know, sometimes I go into other topics, uh, things in my life that I went through. And then I try to make it funny. I do comedic skits from time to time, very rarely, but I do. And I have guests on. We talk about, uh, I know I have Daniel Wilson. We talk about paranormal and in this episode i'm doing it uh live because i wanted to get the death of richard donner off my chest because uh i was influential film director and uh eric i don't know if if you're a film film guy or if you know who richard donner is i'm assuming you might since that is in the title um uh, anything you wanted me to talk about, Eric, before yeah, I uh, sign off in a, in a little bit? Let me know. Also, Eric, if you do a podcast, let me know what podcast you do, or if you're just kind of, you just go on here and listen. Uh, can't say I'm familiar with Richard Dyer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a legendary director, he just passed at 91. Okay. He directed, if you haven't heard me talk by now, uh, Superman and the Goonies and the Lethal Weapon movies. And he did a lot of TV, big uh, TV shows back in the day. The John DeVito Show. Okay. So the old man's podcast, Tina, Joe, and Eric. Cummings' is Culture, The Dark Woods, Mike Tampa Bay, and a few others. Let me, let me check out. Um, so that's the name of your podcast, The uh, Joe DeVito Show. Very good shows. Okay. Here on Podbean. Okay. John DeVito. Oh, these are all podcasts that you listen to. The Dark Woods. Coming let me copy and paste all these. I'll, I'll look them up because I'm look I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. And I'm usually, I usually listen to them. Uh, Don't tell Podbean, but I go on iTunes quite a bit and do it that way. But I'm always up for, you know, checking out some more podcasts on the Bean. I have my app installed, which I can do shows on, which is pretty awesome. Slightlyserious.podbean.com, okay, cool. Slightlyserious.podbean.com, okay. I'll listen to those on copy and paste those suckers. Let me see here, so I got this new document up. Radio Flyer. I'm gonna to have to check out the movie Radio Flyer because I think I – c I'm not sure if I remember I watched parts of it when I was a teenager, but I'm not sure if I watched the whole thing. Uh let's see. Alright, says so you want to call in, I'll uh Eric I'll uh, I'll put you up and we can talk for we we'll chat for a little bit. So let me and let me try this out. This will be the first time I try this. All right, I sent you a, I sent you an invite.
1: Hello there.
0: Hey, how you doing, Eric?
1: I'm doing great. Um, hope, hope your day's going great too.
0: Yeah, it's going it's going pretty great. Um, just wanted to start getting a podcast out there and talk about Richard Donner. Um, thanks for calling in. Thanks for uh, you know writing some questions here. Um, yeah. So you do a podcast?
1: I don't have my own podcast per se, but I am actively involved on several other podcast shows like the old Men's podcast Dina Joe and Eric in the mornings.
0: Okay. And
1: the slightly series show in the evenings. You know, and I'm also a you know, like a like a frequent um visitor and guest, you know, on, on Cummings, Cummings's Culture and the John DeVito show, The Dark Woods, Mike Tampa Bay and a couple other podcasts.
0: Okay. So tell me a little bit about the Dark Woods. That sounds like it could be a paranormal kind of thing.
1: Well, the Dark Woods I think is more news and and commentary uh, and okay. conversation based along with a slightly serious show. Um, you know, and, and in community culture we, we delve into like the news stories of the day. Um Okay. The John the John DeVito show is m- more like talk show, but we'll delve into news and commentary and in other socially relevant topics. And then the old man's podcast in the mornings, um it's mostly like lighthearted coffee talk conversation. That's real folksy. And we, we avoid religion and politics on that show. Okay. And then I think a couple more, more good shows, um, like you have like Trice talk, which is another new scene talk show. And then tall tales in the rabbit hole, which is, you know, like the lines of conspiracy and, and like, okay. Like paranormal and, and, and government. Um, you know, and, and Mysteries of the Paranormal, that's yeah. another good one I would recommend.
0: My buddy um, Daniel Wilson, he would enjoy those because he's on here once in a while we talk about paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. So thanks for those.
1: And, and cool. some good p- comedy podcasts, The Beans and Weenie Show, the, the Ron and Scott Show, and Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea. And
0: <laughs> All right. The Ron and Scott um, Show. Let me check that one out. Uh-huh. I'm jotting it down right now. Uh,
1: well, and and Captain Captain Jimmy, who does the pirate radio podcast, he's into like conspiracy and paranormal stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he he I, I remember him under his former podcast name, The Den of the Unknown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Lingalonga, he's got a good music podcast. And and then other popular names on here are like the Ralph Williams podcast and Milk Dog and Laura and Lou's communication station among others.
0: Wow. You listen to it. You got a lot. You listen to a lot. I've made
1: a lot of, I've made a lot of good friends over here. Um, you know, even though granted I have never had the privilege of meeting these people in person. Um, but the thing I really sense about these, these people that I've become really good friends with, um, is, is I sense that they, you know, are people of good moral character and, you know, and, and are all about, you know, having conversations with people and
0: whatnot. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Having good, real conversations with people. I do. Interesting. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's – I'm looking at, uh, you know, once I yeah. do these live uh, all the time now, and I'm always reaching out to, you know, people right in, and uh, this is my first time yeah. doing this where I can finally let somebody on and talk, which is really cool. So, uh-huh. That's good. I want to have more of these, you know, let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's melt dog, 2020 pirate radio podcast. Sounds familiar. That one communication station.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there, 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 are plenty of like good podcasts to che- choose from that, that hopefully might be up your alley and.
0: Right. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Um, always looking for new and interesting ones. I, you know, I listen to a few, uh, what is it? Uh, mm-hmm. The Paranormal Podcast. I listen to, uh, what was some other good ones? Um, uh, of course, everyone listens to uh, Joe Rogan, but he's on Spotify now, which I find hard well, to, um, to access for some reason. Uh,
1: well, um, <laughs> I think um, Joe Rogan is more like along the lines of like, Looking and sounding professional because I don't think he would utilize a live cast platform like, like, like we have here on Podbean where, you know, you could take, take calls from, from actual listeners and talk to them in real time. But even though Spotify right. has just recently developed uh, a live cast platform called Green Room, that's, but I think they still got to finish working out a lot of bugs in it to where, um, you, you have a chat similar to here and then the call in feature and the, Yes, donation mm-hmm. systems, and um, CastBox also has something similar too, even though uh, CastBox kind of has a lot of glitches to it.
0: Um, I've been listening to, and w- well, mostly watching uh, Robert Robert Meyer Burnett. Have you heard of him? He's a big um, He used to mm-hmm. m- work in uh, oh, he still does, he w- in the movie industry, and he uh, puts out this show with John Campia, and it, you can watch it on YouTube, but it, it's a podcast too, and he takes mm-hmm. on like he'll like it's called his his midnight uh, midnighter or something. and We'll have people call in, just anybody, and he'll just chat about movies and 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 pop mm-hmm. culture and things like that. Really cool. And uh, so th- there, I think there are people yeah. doing it, but it's like it's kind of a newer. Yeah, people are just now starting to get into it a little bit more. I guess maybe. Well, you know?
1: and and I think even like podcasters who do video <laughs> podcasts. Um, like on YouTube or DLive or Twitch or Rumble or uh, other video platforms, or like Clapper. Um, since a lot of those may not have like a call in ability, like say like this or like Airtime, perhaps the way they would take mm-hmm. call calls from from listeners that like our viewers is it they either do like like a Zoom account or or through up you know like a a, a social media server called Discord.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I messed around with Discord a little bit there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I and like Discord. Like the only thing
1: like hookups and stuff.
0: Yeah, Discord. It, it's not. I found it's very non-intuitive, um, and you have yeah. to kind of learn some of the commands. And it's like, once you get through that curve, then you can use it. And and I'm there's some good things from that but it's you know it's not for everybody <laughs> like True. pod being live like this is cool because you know on my on my website i can leave links up to oh here's my website here's my um patreon here's whatever that you can check out too and it's pretty easily accessible and you can mess around with it and it's not too bad mm-hmm. and uh and same with this live doing this live stuff it's the menu's not that confusing right. once you figure it out you know here we go. And we're talking. So, yeah. so cool. And,
1: and Well, and then, you know, this is kind of like a modern day version of ham radio where you could talk to people around the world. Um, right. But and and it's also like radio too, where you could take calls from listeners, like I said. But but the only thing about it is um, you're taking calls at your own risk and don't have uh, like a call screener. You know, to,
0: yeah, you know, and I, I've mentioned that before. Expect, it's like especially, I go,
1: <laughs> Well, especially Hopefully if you're you guys wanting are to make too your,
0: crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah. But you
1: yeah, also have to remember, like, especially if you're wanting to make your podcast look and sound professional, you would you would probably want um, a, a call screener because you because you don't want to probably have a caller that you can't get off or, or a caller being like belligerent yeah. and, and like drop dropping like expletives and derogatory and defaming mm-hmm. things. Yeah, um, and crazy. Yeah. The only crazy so. lady who came to chat. She's good people. I mean, I've seen her around at a few other shows.
0: Okay, how you doing, crazy lady? The one, the only crazy lady, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and ho- yeah. hopefully Captain well, Jimmy will come back and see you too. Yeah, no, it seems it seems okay so far, and hopefully you guys. Uh, you know, you feel free to call back again and we'll talk. Um, I know when I had Daniel Wilson on, I, t- I said, hey, anybody wants to call in? But I didn't quite figure out wh- that I have to send you guys like an invite link in order for you to call. You,
1: in, in you know, time. I think so, when when I hit the call-in button, you, you probably saw a green bar flash, but you, you yeah. didn't like click it in time. And, but what you did is <laughs> – I, I know you're me. joking. Um but nice. <laughs> but but you have the option like to click on people down in the chat and give them an invite to call in if, if they're interested okay. and able to.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. But it,
1: it was really good talking to you, of course. Yeah. And hopefully I'll see Eric. around to the other great pod being chosen. And and yeah. Crazy Lady will also go on it impromptu times too, if you're interested in checking her yeah. out.
0: Okay, what, What's the Crazy Lady's pod pod what's her podcast? Or- did she,
1: did she um, me? um. You know, she. The Ramblings of the Only Crazy Lady is the title of her podcast. Um, she'll okay. go on I, it
0: impromptu times. But okay, I'll you know, check I'm it sure out. She would
1: appreciate you giving her a follow.
0: Sure. The Ramblings and of and be sure the, to give uh, Captain. lazy.
1: And be sure to give Captain Jimmy a follow if you haven't already.
0: Okay. I'm crazy.
1: I'm done. Well, hopefully, I'll see you around at the other Podbean shows.
0: Okay, sounds good. I'm going to wrap it up. I I got to. Take care of some business, but uh, I appreciate you calling in. It was fun. Let's do it again.
1: Well, and my like uh, Tampa Bay is getting ready to go live in about four minutes. Um, okay. Yeah, but I'll, I'll see you later.
0: Sounds good. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. Thanks for calling in. I'm going to wrap it up. We'll talk again. Thanks for listening. Long days and pleasant nights.